name is Vanna Campanavo. I am the CEO and founder of the Trinity Integrative Holistic Medicine and Counseling Services, as well as I am an individual that has been diagnosed with autism level one, DID, PTSD, dissociative subtype, ADHD, and major depression disorder. Uh, I started this podcast because I wanted to be able to bring awareness to people that have DID and other neurodivergent disorders and to let other people know that we're not alone. So um, I just wanted to, uh, yeah, to let other people know that you're not alone. Before we get started on our podcast today, I just wanted to make a few announcements. Y'all, we have finally, like, I've only had this podcast for, I think, maybe a week or two weeks, and we've already had over 100 views. Um, so that's like really exciting. Um, please make sure that you're not just listening. Please go ahead and follow us. Please go ahead and subscribe to us um, because we'll have more content coming out. We'll have more people talking. And I just want to make sure that you stay in the loop. Also, I did do a video. I think I uploaded a video sometime coming up talking about communication with your alters. And it was actually like a repeat. That is my apologies. I went and I took it down and I uploaded the new one. So if you're wondering how to communicate with your alters, the new one is up now and you can listen to that. Also, make sure you guys go to our YouTube channel, which is the Trinity Holistic Healing, because uh, even in that communication one, uh, I actually show pictures of like my system and my mapping and my individuals. And that's um, so even though you're listening, for some of you guys who are visual, you may want to go look to see. And this podcast is both visual and auditory. So you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or you can actually watch us on YouTube. Um, so without further ado, I have uh, somebody on our podcast by the name of Shelly. Shelly, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I found Shelly on Instagram. Um, Shelly, tell us a little bit about your Instagram and what you do. So our system, and um, this is actually the fronting right now. Okay. Um, our system has an Instagram page where we are kind of like, it's a learn with us type of page where we talk about things that we learn about DID and we put different information there as well as um, sometimes we'll just do a short little blog about what's going on with us as a system. Okay so V um, were you the creator of the the Instagram or? The Instagram was actually created by um, one of our alters Veronica. She fused in January um, but we decided to go ahead and keep the Instagram Instagram going. Okay. And for anybody who may be interested in learning a little bit more, what is your Instagram's name? It is fragmented, which is fragment DID underscore system. I just realized that fragmented <laughs> frag DID. Man, we're so clever, aren't we? Um, so tell me a little bit about like, this story, how did you guys come to be? When did you guys find out about DID? So it's really funny. We spent a long time making sure our host um, didn't know <laughs> that she was a system. Um, so like I've been around since high school, but she thought that she just had imaginary friends. And when she got into her 30s, she was like, okay, but these imaginary friends are still here. <laughs> and I'm a little old for imaginary friends, but she couldn't make us disappear. Um, so she actually started looking into maladaptive daydreaming, thinking mm. that that's what she had. Um, and I don't know how we got led down that rabbit hole, but somehow we found maladaptive daydreaming channels on YouTube which then directed us to DID YouTube. Um, and she, it was so funny because she would watch it and she'd be like, oh, that must be so hard to live with. I could never have that. Like I could never live like that. And then um, it was when she was finally going to talk to her therapist about the maladaptive daydreaming that it broke through the walls of one of our members, Ricky. 
and he just started like yelling at her because <laughs> he like was like no like you can't find out about this you can't tell anybody about this so he was very angry but of yeah. course all that did was send shell running to her therapist yeah. Yeah, yeah. um so and then we got uh after talking to her and our psychiatrist we got referred to a specialist who then told her that she had DID okay so so were you seeing a therapist before all of this or was it the maladaptive daydreaming that led you to that we've actually been in and out of therapy since 2007 okay um in 2007 we got an initial diagnosis of bipolar disorder and so that's like kind of what we were in therapy for we were obviously with the ID comes trauma so we were talking about trauma in therapy but never actually got diagnosed with any kind of PTSD or anything like that um it was very much kind of like crisis management <laughs> yeah it's so interesting especially from a therapist standpoint how many times we are misdiagnosing people um that have uh, actually DID um, and we're diagnosing them with different diagnoses because DID can look like BPD, um, which looks like bipolar if a person is not looking very closely, which really is not even that. It may just be that maybe some of the systems don't want to go to sleep because they want to play all day or they're not getting out. So um, now, um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am 17, um, but the body is 37. Okay, so the body is 37, you're 17. Do you mind, what, was there a, like, big event that happened in 2007 um, that, that led to you being like, oh my gosh, I must be bipolar or something's completely off, let me go see a therapist, and then the continuation or? So it's actually kind of interesting because it was a mixture of things. Um, we were on spring break. We were in our last year of college and we were on spring break, but had decided to stay on campus. So we were very isolated, which we now know is a major trigger. <laughs> um, so it was her first like manic episode where she didn't sleep for a week and she hyper-focused on psychology, mm. um, and like bought the DSM, read through the entire DSM was supposed to be working on a research paper, but was researching psychology instead. Um, and then towards the end of the week, when her friends finally came back to campus, she had what the emergency room would say was a psychotic episode. What we now know was influenced by one of our persecutors. Um, and so that's what got us the initial diagnosis is we went to the emergency room they let us go as long as we had an appointment scheduled for the next day. And then the next day we were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay. And was the persecutor trying to let you guys know that they were here or were they just punishing you for? Something? She just likes chaos. <laughs> so sometimes she'll just do things just to screw with the system. Yeah. Um, just because she thinks it's fun. Yeah, we did an interview earlier um, with someone by the name of Angel. I don't know if you listen to her podcast, but um, what would you say a persecutor is? I think it's going to vary from system to system. Overall, a persecutor is going to be um, an alter who harms either the system, the body, or the host, um, or a combination thereof. We have a few different alters that would be considered persecutors by that definition but we really only have one alter that we see as like the main persecutor because the other two, even though like they're not nice to the host, yeah. they still protect the system. Um, whereas our like main persecutor, she just doesn't care. <laughs> now, would you say the persecutor would only be someone that does harm um, physically or could it be like they're just like constantly critiquing and correcting? And yeah, like definitely constant critiquing, um, talking like very mean <laughs> um, or they, like our persecutor can cause psychological havoc if she wants to. Um, so it can be like, even if it's just those really mean voices that you hear, those a lot of times can be the persecutors. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's funny because like, I don't know much about, like I said, I just got diagnosed last year. 
And I was, um, I did have a lot of like cutting and it's weird now that I think about it because I, I remember bits and pieces, but I also remember like during the time of cutting, I like lost my bike for two weeks and I couldn't find my bike. And I remember also talking to one of my roommates and they, and I told them and they're like, no girl, that girl's been gone for two weeks. And I was like, no, I just talked to her yesterday. And like, no, you did not just talk to her yesterday. And then I was like, where's my bike? And then once I found my bike, which I ended up finding my bike. Um, so I, I say I lost my bike for two weeks. I take that back. I lost my bike for two weeks. And then after two weeks, I stopped thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And about a month later, I found my bike. And oh, wow. I worked at the library where <laughs> I had a flashback and a memory of me walking to the library at like four o'clock in the morning. Um, and so I, I had a lot of like memory loss and, you know, cursing my family out, not remembering it. Um, but never a diagnosis of, you know, DID. Uh, as a matter of fact, my coaches at the time I went to the University of North Texas, they would see me cutting and they would just, I remember one grabbed my hand, looked at me and was like, are you sick? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Um, didn't tell me to go get help or nothing. Just kind of like judged me. Um, and little did I know here I was with DID and that was a persecutor. Now my, my therapist says that, um, the belief is that she was trying to let me know that she was there. Um, I haven't really figured that part out, but I know that me and her get along now, but sometimes when, when I woke up and I am Vanna, but when I woke up, I feel like I was a persecutor. Um, so, uh, mainly to keep the role, the, the, the system in, in, in function in order. So, but um, so you 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 guys went through this. You you you're in college. You, which one of my breaks was in grad school. So I'm just like, so you're in college. Did you graduate college? We did, thankfully. Um, we almost didn't. It yeah. was our last semester of college, and our classes like after that incident and going through the different medication changes, our our grades just dropped. Like our work was so hard to do. We couldn't sit in class um, and we almost didn't graduate. Well, I'm so glad you guys did. What did you get your degree in? Uh, We were a double major in international relations and political science. And what? Political science. Political science. Okay. So um, are you using that degree now? Not at all. <laughs> what, what did you want to do? So, and this. And, course, and who is, who took the class, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, so it's funny because it's looking back during that time because we were so, we're a very uh, covert system. Yeah. And it can be very confusing sometimes over whose thoughts are whose. Yeah. Um, and so somebody um, wanted to work for the State Department, mm-hmm. um, like wanted to be an ambassador. And then somebody else, like the last semester of college, wanted to actually work with college students. And so we ended up going to grad school for that. Okay. And so what did you <laughs> study in grad school? Um, it's called Higher Education Administration with a focus in student affairs. And it's basically the people on campus who aren't the professors, but they're like maybe in charge of the clubs, the student advisors and things like that, Greek life, things like that. Still a lot. (laughs) I feel feel like they can go in together in some way though, like the political affairs and the higher administration. I feel like they they tie in, which is, you know, it's so interesting. I think I told my mom when I was 12 that I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I played basketball and eventually I realized that there was no way I was going to be able to do pre-med and travel and play D1 basketball at the same time. So I then decided that I would be a psychologist, which I did get my degree in forensic psychology. And then all of a sudden I felt like I was supposed to be a counselor versus just doing assessments and went into that. And then after this, like the realization, then I was like, I'm called to be a healer. And so 
now we're like in, we're doing yoga and sound healing and Ayurvedic nutrition. So we're doing all this stuff, but I'm able to put it all together. So it's so interesting how, like, even though we have different parts and they all want different jobs, like if you actually sit down and have a communication with them, there is a way to integrate all of your pieces together for like one dream job that everyone's happy with. (laughs) So um, would you say that you guys have reached that? Do y'all have like, are y'all working in something that y'all are all kind of like hands in? For for the most part, our job is kind of just like, we need money. (laughs) Um, We uh, work from home though, which is really nice. Um, I don't think we'd be able to work if we had to work outside of the home. I think our job is really boring. <laughs> and unfortunately, I have to front for a lot of it. Um, so why are you the fronter? So we've been, um, we've had a lot of system changes over the past few months. And um, it got to the point where it was a lot for our host to take on by herself. So I've kind of stepped into a co-host sort of role. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this role, but as of right now, that's how things are working. Yeah. And, um, so it's UV, correct? Yeah. And who's the co-host? Is it Shelly? Shell. Yeah. Shell, Shell, Shell. Okay. Sorry. Um, and so can you tell people what a co-host is? So basically a co-host is usually when you have more than one host in a system or the host would be the person who does all of the day-to-day stuff so like um you know taking care of the housework raising our son things like that um and she really was kind of in our system at least she was kind of the one in charge so it was like she had veto power on things um and it was basically the way that our life has evolved has basically been however she projected it. Um, and now stepping in as a co-host, it means that I am taking on more of those day-to-day responsibilities so that me and Shell are sharing them now instead of her having to handle it all by herself. Yeah. Um, where did you live prior to coming out? Do you know? In what way? Um, I guess maybe in the inner worlds, or were you kind of like, were you just birthed? Um, you said you've been here for a while. So yeah, um, to me, like, where were you living in, in the inner world or behind closed doors with Shell? I was sleeping? kind of, I was like in the background. Um, the way our inner world works is kind of interesting and it's going through some shifts and changes. Um, but it's like, there was a house that had the first people that made themselves known to shell. And then there was an apartment that like had the rest of us. And I was in an apartment that shell didn't have access to, like she couldn't even see it. Um, and I just kind of hung back and observed, um, for a long time. Hi, I'm Angelica. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, um, sorry, I'm trying to catch up, trying to figure out like where we are. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where we were. Where were we? <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> Vanna had just asked me where I existed in our world before showing myself the shell oh okay okay that makes sense yeah so like probably so I'm the first person that actually I'm not so the first person that introduced themselves was Ruby but Ruby didn't really talk and Sylvana just thought it was (laughs) since she's a therapist she just thought it was like inner child work So, (laughs) so she was just doing all this inner child work with her inner child not realizing that it was an actual part um, so I was the first to actually like adjust myself as like, I am a real part. Um, I am a slider. Uh, I'm between 16 and 24, depending on the day. Um, today I'm 16 and, uh, I presented myself in high school, like a lot. So like, I'm the one that wore the pink hair and the pink, 
like nail tips and got all the piercings. Um, I'm also the one that like just shaved our hair off like completely. And then she's like, she doesn't understand like why she has cleavage <laughs> head, but it's because I was like tired of doing our hair. But um, but uh, I think I think the reason why there was a cue, I think there was a trigger because I I came out. I actually lived in the basement. Okay. And so um, I think that's maybe where she, we're we're still, I mean, we communicate kind of, but like, we're still working on like tag who's, who's in who, you know, um, but like I lived in the basement and the way that our basement works is it's nothing but kids Mm -hmm. and it's sunshine. Um, But once you walk up the basement, you age. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then you, whatever age you are, whatever trauma, but you still hold whatever trauma or whatever happened to you from that age. So like, I remember one time Victoria, which is our gatekeeper, um, because Vanna was upset that she couldn't have access to the basement. And Mm -hmm. finally Vanna does have access to the basement. Um, But even with access to the basement, she doesn't have to the basement like she has access to like the basement world so like because we have like we have lots of different worlds so like the basement like it's world all on its own it's like a little park so um I remember Vanna like going down there and being like I don't understand what's so bad about this like it's just a whole bunch of kids (laughs) in the park you know and then all of a sudden she thought about me and like how when I came up there was cutting and like drugs and all this stuff. She was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Keep them in the basement. Yeah. Right. So, um, so for you guys, y'all have apartments versus like us, we have like, you know, it's kind of like a, honestly, it's almost like the earth, the grounds, you know, like going into like one world, but coming out, y'all's are like streets and apartments and things like that um it's kind of weird because like the details get kind of hazy yeah um it's like our brain is kind of like oh we don't need to worry about that part we just need to worry about where you live um so we do have the main house we have the apartments and like we have a forest yeah um and then the main house has the basement and most of us are not allowed into the basement (laughs) yeah i know i don't know what it is about the basement we're not allowed to go in there but one of the things that um we did notice and I can feel myself kind of switching a little bit. So hopefully I'll get it out before someone <laughs> shuts me up. Um, I think it's okay to say, but we drew a picture of our actual brain, like mm-hmm. our actual brain. And we mapped it out of like where everybody would live in location to like the ner- the nervous systems and the hippocampus. And, and so what we learned is like a lot of our basement is like stored in the, the back where the hippocampus is, um, where a lot of the unprocessed memories are. Um, and so, um, or we'll have like a filing cabinet there. So a lot of the times I think that that's what the basement really is it's just those like deep 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 subconscious memories that like I mean it's really hard to get to get to you know it's like all the stuff that it's probably stuff you don't want to know anyway (laughs) yeah yeah we're trying to find out for whatever reason (laughs) exactly yeah so um you bear with me a bit I feel myself getting pulled away a little bit so (laughs) okay um um who you guys have children you have a son yes okay who am I have you switched um we're like mid switch right now mid, okay <laughs> and while you're switching um so a lot of the times I guys co- co-host I definitely co-host with Eden well actually I co-host with Eden and Angelica for the most part but Angelica kind of stays in the back um she usually wakes up does things go back away um but one thing about my my group is we are always pretty much all in the conference room for the most part and we can kind of see each other so we have that kind of like indication um we just we have to be a little bit more mindful introspectively when when someone's coming out because we may not know so many of the times for us the question is who am i yes (laughs) That, that is our biggest question like you're doing something and then you realize that you don't know who you are so therefore 
whoever you thought you were, you probably are not. Um, that's kind of like how we roll. Um, so anyways, I see that you're back. Um, yes, um, I'm Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Um, so I think I probably got pulled out because we were talking a lot of inner world stuff and I'm inside a lot. So okay. I know a lot about the inner world. Okay. okay. So tell me a little bit about what you feel like you came out to let, let me and let everyone else know. So it's, um, it's not quite like a city, like how there's like houses and apartments. It's not quite like that. It's only the house and the apartment and they are like a walk away from each other. Um, and the reason it was created that way is originally the apartments held the altars that our host wasn't ready to know about yet. Okay. Um, and now as more of us have been revealing ourselves to her, those apartments are kind of becoming, um, not necessary. So we are working on trying to shift the inner world to be a bit more cohesive. And we're working with our therapist on this because she says that this might also help with like communication um, and being able to create like a central place. Um, she really wants us to be able to have a meeting. <laughs> so we're trying to create a meeting place. Yes. <laughs> um, my therapist basically is just was like, imagine a conference room and I was like okay <laughs> and she's like invite everybody there and then I'm like okay and she's like what do you see and then like I told her and then she's like okay now everybody y'all can hear me right <laughs> you know and so um so that was kind of how we got our conference room uh going I think it is so I don't know it's so fascinating um um and I I can feel myself a little bit but uh it's so fascinating how I could ask V a question and V was like, well, you know what? I don't know about the inner world, you know? And then all of a sudden here comes Tiffany and Tiffany is like, oh no, I know exactly what's going on in the inner, in, in the inner world. And so like how people, when they don't believe DID exists, how each personality, each part, each altar actually has its own knowledge and ability, and I say it, but our right. uh, own knowledge, our own ability to access, and and so like one part may know this, and another part knows that, and it's like, well, how did you know that? And it's like, <laughs> I did, I, I didn't know that. So and so knows that, right? Um, and I, I just, I think, I think it's amazing. I wish we could do more research. I did, I did um, apply for. I was watching that dissociate dissociated or I don't know if it's dissociated or multiplicity in me I can't remember which one but one of them had a um they invited like a doctor on their show uh to like study their brain and I reached out to that particular doctor and he responded back to me oh wow he he wasn't doing um any more um uh research and so he sent me to someone else and it was in Boston, Massachusetts. And so I did qualify for some DID, uh, you know, research, but it wasn't, they weren't looking at switches per se. They were looking at something else and I would have to pay for my own flight. And so, I oh. that, you know, but I would be so interested to know neurologists who are really like focused on studying the switches in the brain and like what activates, you know, like more of what we've already learned in this aspect. Yeah. And I remember that video you're talking about. It was multiplicity in me. Was it and, multiplicity? Yeah. Okay. And it is a very interesting, um, like there's a few of us that are very interested in like psychology and how the brain works. And it's so interesting to see that like different parts of the brain light up yeah. depending on who's out. Yeah, it's like, how can you say the idea isn't real? There's like proof right there. <laughs> yes. And I was working with um, when I got diagnosed with the ID, plus I had I had a client and I'd say this in, in, in my introduction story that I was working with a DID client without knowing that I had DID all while something was about to go on with my 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 husband and my child and uh, that's what kind of like brought out the DID um but during the process I remember um talking to a, a guy one of our doctors and sending an email I'll say I think this person has DID 
And I learned later that some of the therapists and directors had told me he doesn't believe in DID. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, at the time it didn't mean anything, but now that I got diagnosed with it and I actually understand it and my brain, just the way my brain works, the way I, I'm sick after my switches, uh, the headaches, the seizure-like activity, the throwing mm-hmm. up, all of this stuff. I'm like, there is absolutely no way this doesn't exist. And now that I do the podcast, um, it's almost undeniable. I, I think I think me not doing the podcast is helping me stay in denial. I think mm-hmm. ever since I've been doing the podcast and like having to talk about it, talk about what I'm learning and actually talking to other people, I have been switching more. And it's so much easier to realize like, oh no, this is real. This is yeah, it's a real thing and you got it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because like um we we also have a YouTube channel and yeah. she our host started the channel before she knew about the system. She was wanting to do a channel about BPD. (laughs) And then like just a couple of months after starting the channel, she got diagnosed with a DID and she tried to hide it for a long time until she finally was like, I can't talk about what's going on in my life without talking about the DID. And I think doing that really helped her because she did have denial for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think that helped her come to terms with that. Yeah. Well, um, we, we were talking about just like the brain and, and multiplicity of me and, and how everything, um, are like how we have this channels. Uh, I think what was it? B- y'all had a BPD channel and talking about it made it where you can't, um, deny, um, that you have it. And I think that, and I was going to say the same thing with myself, like um, a lot of the times, you know, and I try not to talk about it, especially when I know like I have, uh, you know, I've, you know how you can feel fam, like you can feel the thoughts of others. I can feel like family um, thinking that it is like demonic. not fully understanding like what it actually is so this has to be like a demonic thing or um and so it's really hard to not to want to talk about it because all it is is to me it perpetrates more trauma than the acceptance of like what I'm like trying to go through but the more I am going through the process of like talking about it the more I cannot deny that this is what it is. And the more that I'm learning, even for my own like spiritual beliefs that I have to, like, this is just radical acceptance of like where I'm at Mm -hmm. and that, you know, my God will help me even through this, Um, you know? So, but just in case you guys don't know, um, there is a little one now in my hand. So if you start to see, hands moving or anything like that that is my daughter um which we'll talk about I'm going to talk to you about in a a little bit but uh, Mary um what did you have to say before I go to the next question um I think that I can definitely relate to what you were talking about with like thinking that it's demons and things like that um in fact when I first presented myself to Shell I've been around since sixth grade Um, And when I first presented to her, I'm actually um, a ghost alter. And it's because it's the only way she would have been able to accept hearing me (laughs) and and being able to talk to me. I'm from a very um, religious background. And so it was, of course, like spirits or um, not so much demons, but definitely spirits. And so she really just thought she was being possessed by a spirit. (laughs) Yes, I mean, and honestly, um, who knows how many altars I actually have because I say everybody is a spirit. Anything I hear is a spirit, you know? Um, So yeah, some of them could literally be just altars. um, And I think that they are spirits. I do believe in spirits. I just don't also want to accept something that is not a spirit. But I mean, it it gets, the line gets so tricky in the the unknown. now, so I have my daughter right here, um, and I know that you are also a parent. You guys are a parent. 
Um, how do you guys parent um, being a system? So one thing that we make sure is that everybody in the system knows that our son is our number one priority. It's the number one rule in our system um, to the point where even our persecutors know that the care of our child is what comes first. And there is no excuse for not putting that first. Um, that, that is an absolute black and white. <laughs> everybody in the system has to agree to this. Um, the other thing that we do is, um, so he does know about the diagnosis. We have talked to him about it, but we still mask with him. So we all pretend to be shell because we want to give him a cohesive growing up experience. Um, and we think that it's just for him. It's better if he gets the same mom every time he talks to us. So we work really hard to do that. That's, that's a really good, um, that's a really good thing. I'm sorry, my head is pounding from the switching. But um, one of the things I was gonna say is like, I remember when I was first diagnosed, um, I, because even though I, like I said, even though I was treating someone with it, like I was treating people that were in residential facility, they were not doing well, you know what I mean? So like to, to be able to know if you can take care, like I didn't see anyone who was able to have DID and take care of themselves because the clients that I was having with were seeking help. Um, so I remember having to ask my therapist, like, what about my daughter, you know? And, um, she, she was able to let me know and many different people were able to let me know and if I'm not mistaken it may be multiplicity in me that got pregnant was it yes yes they have now a has family and kids yeah. right um so and I watched a lot of documentaries where yeah it's the same thing that like everyone in the system because every the whole point of the whole point of us having the system was uh, for protection anyways that it's almost like everyone knows to protect the child um, right. and to be in agreement with the child. And so um, the same thing with my my system, um, it's funny because like I'll talk to my therapist and my therapist tells me she knows when you're switching because sometimes I'll talk to her and I'll switch and my daughter will act differently or she'll mm -hmm. you know, kind of prior, she'll like look at me. She's like, she knows when you're switching. And I'm like, what? You know, um, but like we're all very much focused on her um now um victoria is more like the mother figure of everyone so she does do a lot more like hands-on and victoria has like an accent so there are times where victoria comes out and she has an accent um but what i've learned is according to like my my friends of years and years that i've had that victoria apparently has been here for a long time and she has always come out with an accent and they thought i was just playing around um and so i don't think it'll be too unnoticeable when when that happens but for the most part we are pretty much the same uh we we don't let like our little you know like mm -hmm. play with her by ourselves like there's always supervision um, but for the most part, everybody, our whole goal, our whole life, if it's not to make sure that we're okay, it's making sure that she's okay. Um, and so I want, I just wanted to talk about that because a lot of people are get confused about like DID and parenting. And it's like, yeah, it's almost like a whole bunch of adults in one body taking care of one kid because like, it's too much with what? like. And I think like a a lot of what people don't realize is like DID is formed from childhood trauma. So most of the time system members are going to be very Protective. passionate about yeah. taking care of children, like making sure children are safe. Like that yeah. is a big thing. You know, and that's, you're so right. Uh, because it is about taking care of children. One of the things I, you know, I used to, I used to hear women tell me that they were diagnosed with schizophrenia when they were like 34 years old um 35 and they didn't present with schizophrenia mm -hmm. but it was always after like having children mm -hmm. and I was always scared I remember thinking oh my gosh I hope this doesn't happen to me and I didn't really understand that but I have a theory and my theory is that these women had trauma they had kids 
And during that time, something happened and it triggered their, their wake up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so for me, I think because the thing that triggered me was the fear and the protection of my child, that that's what woke me up. Right. And so, of course, now being a mother, I'm like extra, extra, you know, everyone's like, <laughs> like why is she not in daycare? Why, like, why, why, why do you all close sleep? Why? And I'm like, you know, and my whole system is like that. Like, we're all just like, no, 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 no. We got it. We got it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think that, that, that's a, that is a good point because like a lot of us, even if we're not trying to, we are trying to in some way gain control from the trauma that we did not have when we were younger. And that means maybe us being overprotective or super protective of our, 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 our children and our parts all coming together in one unit for that. What are some things that you want people to know? I know a lot of, I, I really like your page because you talk about roles you know, mm-hmm. you talk about protectors, you talk about co-hosts, you talk about persecutors, which we've been talking about. What are some things that you want people to know uh, concerning DID? Um, I think for us, um, knowing our roles was a big part of us being able to work together. Um, not every system is the same. And I think that's like the number one thing for people to know is no two people with DID are exactly the same. And for some systems, roles are going to be the way that it goes. And for some systems, their alters aren't going to have roles. And it's just whatever works for that system. Um, DID is a very um, individualized disorder because the trauma that you experience is individual to you. And so your system is going to form in the way that is best able to protect you. And... I think that what's going on online right now that's really sad is a lot of people fake claiming other systems or saying that they're faking the ID because they don't look like another system that they know. And the important thing to remember is that you're, they're not going to look the same. Well, I mean, you know, it's, I don't understand like how you could even, like if DID is all about being hidden, how do you even know when someone's faking I mean because I've learned even in just my interviewing with different people I've learned I've seen I've had someone that has external conversation where one part is talking to the other part outside and I'm like oh that's new um (laughs) right and I'm like wait a minute so are y'all like all having a conversation together right now you know I'm not gonna lie I picked it up so when I'm by myself I'll say something and I'll let someone else answer you know but um but then uh, there are people that I know, like Caitlin and I, we we have physical reactions to our switches. Um, and you can visibly see that there is a switch, like we go into a dissociative stare or, you know, whatever. And then, so, uh, you know, why do you think people, why do you think people are fake, like, you know? saying that people are fake claiming? You know, I think that um, one is there's always going to be trolls. Like wherever there is internet, there's going to be trolls. They're going to find somebody to go after um, and they feed off response. So if the person they're going after continues to respond to them, then they're going to keep going after that person and that can spread to the rest of the community. Um, I think the other thing is it's such a hard thing for people without DID to grasp. Like it's very difficult to think of someone having many people. And, and that's a really hard thing for people to grasp. And I think instead of trying to understand it because it's so difficult, they'd rather just claim it's not real. Um, and I think the other component, and I think this is a big one, um, is that they don't want to admit that the things that children go through that cause DID actually happen as much as they do. And I think that that's a big one. I think being like acknowledging that this disorder exists and acknowledging that it's actually more prevalent than doctors would like to admit 
means admitting that these terrible things happen a lot more than anybody wants to admit to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good, a good, a good thing. Cause I think also some of us have memories of certain things that happened to us, but clearly if there's DID, there may have been a lot way more that we have no idea about. Um, but the, I think those, those are all great. So here's, an, I guess, another question of mine is, um, and it'll be the last question, because you were talking about, you know, knowing the roles and all of this stuff, but what do you feel that doctors, families, and friends of people who are saying they have DID, what do you, what would be your word or your suggestion to them? as far as supporting somebody with the ID? Yeah, like, I feel like, honestly, like, and this is just me, I'm doing this podcast, but I feel completely alone. Mm-hmm. And then for this much harder. Okay, so, I'm, I'm eating, and I was going to say that, like, you feel completely alone, um, and I necessarily don't, because I just kind of, like, focus on, like, the joy <laughs> um, of everything, eating, uh, of course, is a place of paradise, but, like, a lot of the times, um, you know, the system, the body, they can, they can feel alone just because there's nobody to talk to about it. Or everyone will think that they're attention seeking or everyone will think like, you know, our system has a big issue with everyone thinking that because she likes Eastern medicine and she likes um, certain things that she's a witch or she's in witchcraft and she's opened these doors, not realizing that she's had this even when she wasn't doing any of those things. Um, And so... Uh, a lot of the times, uh, it's hard because it's not like she can talk to family and say, hey, uh, I feel alone. I'm switching because they're going to think she's being demonic or that they're going to try and exercise, you know, exercise her. Um, and other people are looking at her like she's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it can be a very lonely thing. So how can... How, like, what can you say uh, to, to, to help others support, support people that may go through this? I definitely agree with that point about it being, it's a very isolating disorder. Um, it's really hard for people to understand. Um, not all of our family knows about the DID. Um, we're very lucky that the ones that do have been supportive. Um, and I think what has been most helpful for us is um, being allowed to talk to people as ourselves. Like it's such a relief when we're able to talk to a family member or a friend and not have to pretend to be the host. Um, And I think that is probably the biggest thing that as, as someone who isn't the host, that's the biggest thing is to be able to be accepted for who you are and as your own person part, however you want to phrase it, but you have your own opinions and likes and dislikes. And it's very nice when people recognize that. And I think from the host perspective that it's also helpful because there's so much shame and embarrassment for her when it comes to the DID. So for people to just be welcoming of it, to validate it, is such a big thing for her. So thank you for, you know, joining us and sharing with us your story, some of your, your knowledge and, and your interests and um, just your perspective. And, and, and thank all of you guys um, who uh, showed up. Uh, I, I can't remember everyone, but I know there was V and Tiffany and Mary, um, Shell, um, uh, so we, we just thank you guys for showing up and actually being a part of uh, this. And I, I hope that that we are able to make this a little bit more uh, of not such an isolating um, disease. 
um, and that people can believe that it exists, that it's not demonic. And there was another thing I wanted to say, and um, I'm very blendy right now. Uh, I'm still eating, but I'm blendy with Vanna. Um, and it, 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 um, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, so um, it, was it? Was it? Oh, yeah. So 10% of the brain, we only use 10% of the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so how do we know? Right. It looks like to use 90% of the brain. How do we not know that using more of the brain doesn't mean that there's more levels of consciousness um, that are present? I mean, just because we don't understand something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And just because we don't understand something doesn't mean it's demonic. And I think that society really has to stop fearing the unknown and Mm -hmm. begin studying the unknown. I mean, the brain is the only organ that studies itself. It's the only Mm -hmm. organ that has studied anything. And I tell people all the time, it's not, the brain is the only organ that studies itself, but it's the consciousness of the brain mm-hmm. that is actually studying itself. And so when we're talking about alternate states of consciousness, which is what dissociative identity disorder is, if consciousness can study consciousness, then there's already two different things of consciousness right. that's there. I just blew my mind saying that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can feel it in my whole body. I think we just hit a jackpot on that sentence, but you know, um, I think that that is something that people need to be a little bit more aware of is that it's just not known. Right. And that's something that our therapist told us when we were first diagnosed and Shell was going through the denial is he said to us, we know almost nothing about the brain. (laughs) So who is to say what is or is not possible? And, and, and in my faith and my belief, anything is possible. So again, thank you uh, for being with us. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, follow us and share. Also, please go follow fragmented, fragmented underscore system. Please go follow fragmented underscore system at uh, Instagram. Also, please go follow us at the Trinity underscore holistic healing. Um, And uh, also ask questions on our our podcast. I think there are places where you can ask questions so we can answer um, and give you um, content that is geared towards what you are needing and follow us on Apple Podcasts as well. Go to the Trinity Integrative Holistic Healing if you are wanting services. Again, uh, I specialize in mental health, substance use, uh, love addiction, and all things of neurodivergency. We also have different um, individuals who are LPCs, LCSWs that work with mental health in different genres. We do also yoga. So if you want to kind of get some of that trauma out of the body, we do those things as well. So go look at our page and see if there's any um, services that you would like for therapeutic purposes or just to calm down that nervous system or just to relax um, or change your diet, whatever it is. Um, But until next time, we'll see you again. Bye-bye.